Welcome to the Fundraising Elevator, where we're all headed up. This podcast is a production of ElevateNonprofit.com, an online learning platform for fundraising event professionals. We're coming to you today from the studios of the AV department. Please welcome our hosts, Kristen Steele and Samantha Swaim. All right. Well, welcome to the Fundraising Elevator, where we're all headed up. I'm so excited today because I had the opportunity to speak on a panel with our next guest, um, James and I were both there talking about events and I was talking about the fundraising at events and he was talking about where it goes from there and the communication with donors after the event. And I was like, we need to be working together more. So I'm very <laughs> excited to be here today to talk about that communication, that connection, that relationship that happens after the event. But Kristen, why don't we do a formal introduction of James? Great. So this is where I'm going to read James and you can kind of painfully listen to your bio. (laughs) That's how we'll all get up to speed. James Martin is a three-time tech founder and servant leader with over two decades of experience working in the social sector. As the founder of Rally Corp, he helps charities and causes rally people with a human-centered text messaging platform built exclusively for nonprofits. James is an entrepreneur and an investor who has served 86 Hundred plus organizations, wow. right? And That's has, impressive, right? And has twenty plus years of experience in the social sector. James, welcome to the fundraising elevator. We're super glad you're here. Thank you, thank you. Glad to be here. I feel like we need to call out for a second that in your studio. You have like four different phones behind I you. I kind so of am in love with the whole thing. I think we need to make sure that we loop around and talk about that because I, I know that the work you're doing is all about communication and you have all these phones. So I'm excited mm-hmm. to talk about that. Mm-hmm. But let's kick it off with learning a little bit more. So, James, yeah. you have said that you and your team are, quote, in love with the problem, not the solution. Right. Yeah, we don't care about the solution. We care about the problem. I love it. Talk to us about that. <laughs> What is the problem you are compelled to address at RallyCorp? I love Kristen. Thank you for that question. So, you know, the problem that we are in love with solving is the age-old challenge of getting people's attention. I don't know if you've experienced this, but... No, never. At some point during this conversation, I'm going to look off and say, squirrel, because even I have a challenge paying attention in the moment. But here's the thing. Capturing and keeping people's attention has become more and more challenging, particularly if you're on a smaller budget with a smaller team. Uh, so we're like, how do we, we're going to mobilize people, pun intended, but if we're going to bring people together and charge them for action, how do we do that in a way that keeps them engaged for the long term, even with their short attention spans? Which seem to be getting shorter by the day. Oh, I mean, sort absolutely. of where I was in 2020 and where I am nearing the end of 2023 are two totally different um, worlds. Yeah, totally. So yep. how is Rally Core a solution to that? Yeah, great. So we brought the team together about 18 months before we landed on the technology that we have today. So we were quite literally in love with the problem. I brought the team <laughs> into an office in downtown. It was a small office, but had a whiteboard, had a couple of whiteboards. And I said, look, let's, if we were to drop a pin in the map, hypothetically, and get 200 volunteers to show up to clean the beach at Pacific Beach, I'm here in San Diego. So let's run an experiment and let's get 200 people to go do a beach cleanup day over the course of a weekend or two. We can give away Disney tickets. We can do all the different, you know, things. But what gets them to show up not only once, but three times? Mm. So 200 people, three times over the course of a number of weekends in a summer. How do we get them to do that? And we contemplated, you know, dropping a pin in the map, geofencing, apps, emails, newsletters, taking out an ad in the paper. 
flying a plane over the beach with a banner behind it. Like you, <laughs> anything we could think of. Cheerleaders, DJs. I, I want to do that. And what we found through that those 18 months of those experiments and doing things like that with, with some of the causes we were donating our time and our attention to uh, here in San Diego County was that everybody that would show up at the beach day would actually have their phone with them. Yeah. And then we kind of have a light bulb moment of like, hey, you know what? If we're going to mobilize people, maybe we should consider the mobile phone. I don't know. Maybe that's what we do. So that's it. Yeah, it became it became text messaging because it's because then the challenge became, well, people don't want to download an app, right? Yep. Uh, or log in or create a profile or anything. So how do we how do we use an app they're already using that they're already accustomed to? And texting was easy, the easy answer. You know, it's funny because this year in particular, as people have really been like reconnecting to their donors and doing so much of a heavy lift this year to build relationships, yeah. I have seen development directors and fundraising professionals doing things that I hadn't seen pre-pandemic, like you know, we used to meet donors for coffee, pitch them a, you know, sort of idea of how we want them involved, invite them to the event. And now I'm seeing a lot more like in the moment, quick text messaging, direct messaging on social media, following the donor on social media. And it's interesting because I think it not only meets people where they're at, but it also says like, I see you and I'm supporting you and cheerleading your, your work and your passions and what you're involved with. But I also have been on the receiving end of text messages. So <laughs> tell me, how do you make sure as a tool that you're actually moving and mobilizing people with a text versus it becoming something that feels a little bit like a spam? Yeah. Okay. So full disclosure, when the team came to me with text messaging, I said, no, you know, that's been done. Surely not. There's got to be a better way. So when you looked at the data, it was hard to argue that text messaging wasn't the most effective, but I wasn't sure it was the most the most um, personal. Um, yeah. So we we coined the term early on of human-centered texting. And so that's, that's not just a trademark. It's like really everything that we do. And I should back up a step we're a values-based company and our values are people first. So technology is a means to an end, Love but it's it. always about the people. It's person, it's people to people, human to human, right? So we're, we're people first. We're power of relationships because relationships gives results, right? And then the third is, is results. So we had to demonstrate for our customers early on, particularly those that were willing to join us in our little journey of developing this app and figuring it out. So uh, we, we, we wanted to be clear, like, here's, Here's what we can do as far as like click throughs and opens, but here's how we would craft the message so that it's more personal and more human centered. So it goes beyond just personalization, like, hi, insert your name. A robot can do that. Right. Obviously, we can do that. But it's really segmenting the list to say, hey, here's Sam. Here's how we've been engaged with her over time. And if she gets sent a text message, make sure she can also reply to the text message. And then we begin a chat. But let's leverage things like AI and, and sentiment, all the different technologies that are out there so that we can do that at massive scale. Because we have clients that send thousands, hundreds of thousands of messages, and they don't want to manage another inbox. So right. how can we leverage technology to, to really surface the conversations that need more immediate, urgent conversation, like a human to step in? And then how do we do that in such a way that makes sure that we don't forget the person on the other end of that, that device is actually a person? And that the device is a means to an end, but the message is actually what matters. So now I have a bunch of questions. <laughs> so many questions. I do. I have so many questions because I immediately think of the communication coming to donors after an event. And mm -hmm. as I would start to segment the list, I immediately think, okay, those who raised the paddle at the event 
or donated at the event, I want to send one communication to you and maybe even as personalized as, wow, what a generous gift. Thank you so much for your contribution. Um, but what if the response I get back from that segmented list is, can I change my credit card number that got charged? Like sure. how, how does this texting software take that in? Yeah, so the first off, the message would come into your inbox as, hey, I want to change my credit card software or my credit card number, right? So you actually see the message and then you can click on it and chat. So now you're actually in a chat with that oh, individual. Oh, cool. Uh, so it's a back and forth chat. It literally looks like a little chat window. So you sent them a message about an event. Thank you for the paddle raise or what have you. Yeah. Hey, I want to change the credit card. Um, or, you know, whatever the reply is. And then you click on the message and now you're in a one-to-one -one conversation with that individual. Ah, oh, brilliant. I love it. Yeah. Well, so why should nonprofits take on a texting solution? What's your sort of, you said in the analytics and the data, like what's your best practice when you're talking to nonprofits about whether or not to integrate something like this? Yeah, great, great question. So I, I think it comes down to it's a tool. And sometimes, Sam, as a technologist, I have a tendency, as all of us do, when you have a hammer, everything starts to look like a nail. So you run around <laughs> hitting stuff, right? So um, my kids are teenagers now, but when they were younger, they would literally walk around just hitting things. And I'm like, come on, that's not what that's for, right? So I think the strategy has to inform the tactics. So let's just back up and say, if you're communicating with people and you believe those people are on mobile, on their devices, then let's consider meeting them on their devices and having a conversation as people. That's really as far as we've, this conversation has gone today. Beyond that, let's consider that as short attention spans are a reality. I think we, you know, we know that's true. Yeah. How do we have a multi-touch, multi-channel strategy where we're meeting people on multiple devices and multiple channels? So social, email, texting, mm -hmm. this is just one of many. It's not a one-size-fits-all, right? So I would back up to say like, what is the intention and the purpose what is the, that's the goal. Then what's the strategy to get there? And then can we layer mobile on top of email or something that you're already doing? Because the last thing we want is another project or another inbox. Yeah. Yeah. Heaven forbid, I don't want another inbox. So how do we, how do we roll mobile out in a creative way that just enhances the things that you're already doing that just makes what you're already doing more effective and start there. And then from there, maybe get a little bit more creative with mobile as a strategy, but just start with running in parallel to some of the current channels you're running on. Love it. So as a follow-up to that, you know, I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of our development friends. I'm <laughs> thinking of the 12 million hats they wear. They're all, yeah. many of them are the develop, the development person, the asking for money person, but they are also the comms person. Right. Often yeah. it makes yeah. sense for those to be embedded together, but that means two jobs for the price of one, right? That's right. Yeah. So thinking about, what is what is the opportunity I'm as the development person looking for where I go, ooh, maybe mobile is a solution for this. So, you know, I we're all inundated daily with yeah. new tech, new tech and the and the acceleration on that. And you said the word AI on top of that, and I just get a little heavy because it's a whole <laughs> yeah, world, I mean, right? Like that I mean right. it has implications, but also it's just this whole world that we all go, ah, Sunday, maybe I should look into that, right? And yeah. it just keeps accelerating. So I'm thinking about, you know, if I get peaked of like, oh, I'm wondering if texting could be interesting. How would I know? that sort of I'm sitting in a space where that's a tool I should pull in? Yeah, great, great question. So I, it comes down to, you know, there's, so if you have a list uh, that's sitting around collecting dust, a list of contacts that maybe donated a year ago, year and a half ago, during COVID when everybody was, you know, 
quite generous, right? Yes. Yep. So let's find a list that you're currently not really doing much with, and let's see if we can reactivate it. We we call that the donor reactivation strategy, right? Mm -hmm. So um, as a as someone who's done development donor development work personally, I didn't have to work very hard to pull a list of contacts that I wasn't doing anything with. <laughs> yeah. And I had a, and I had a coach, a, a fundraising coach at the time just kept hammering that, Hey, look, the, the fortunes and the follow-up, the fortunes and the follow-up. Mm. And I'm like, well, what does that mean? Like I got to call these people. So with, with our platform, for example, we can drop voicemails and, and not just text messages. Right. So when I not record a voicemail and drop it on these phone numbers, and see if you can get any callbacks, right? There's some mm -hmm. creative ways to do that. And we have some scripts and things, of course, but like, or let's send out a text message to invite them to take some step. It doesn't have to be solicitation. It certainly doesn't have to be donor on first touch, uh, make a donation on first touch. But can we map out a simple strategy to reactivate past donors and to, to kind of fill my pipeline, if you would, with new, fresh conversations from past marketing comms efforts. Mm -hmm. Because as a busy professional, it would be easier for me to reactivate an old donor who already yeah. knows, likes, and trusts me, as opposed to trying to find someone new to educate them on the cause. I mean, presumably, if they've already donated, they're already in, at some point, we're in alignment. They're probably just waiting for us to reach back out again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're ignoring our emails. So why not text them if we can do it in a, in a human-centered way? You know, Does that answer? Yeah, it's, yeah, in, it's yeah. interesting because I think of like the volume of email we're receiving now that has just increased exponentially during COVID. <laughs> I feel like people are using email instead of phone calls or meetings, yeah. right? So it's a way, it's a new way of working and people's inboxes are so full that people are now using filters more often. And yeah. I'm finding that yeah. a lot of things just get filtered out. So the direct email that is like from me to you email. Yeah is so much more impactful than the email blast email that I could imagine as I'm sitting here and thinking about the voicemail option, I could imagine those 200 volunteers on the beach getting a single recording that I make that I just say, hi, it's Sam. I just want to thank you for all the work you gave this weekend cleaning up on the beach. We would love to have you participate again. Just want to call and say thank you so much. And 100%. that could land in everyone's voicemail. That would have a huge implication and impact on our donors and probably get more awareness than an email blast way. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's just those subtle touches. It's a video. It's a GIF. It's a text message. I mean, text messages can be multimedia, right? Mm -hmm. uh, it's a phone call. It's um, a voicemail. So again, it's just, I just named four different yeah. uh, touch points across two different mediums between voice and, and text, right? So um so yeah, exactly. So, so there's a lot of data that's been coming up that we've been talking about this year because in 2023, the um, Giving USA reports are showing this dramatic donor drop off. And yeah. you yeah. you just touched on it that we're like addicted to acquisition. And um, there's another fundraising coach in the community that speaks all the time about acquisition addiction. And I think we're just so stuck on that we need more donors, we need more donors. And yet the magic is off. What are you going to do when you get them? Yeah, our magic yeah. is in that donor base that... How yeah. do you see RallyCore impacting donor drop-off or donor retention? Like, how does this become a tool to kind of combat that? Yeah, so and I, yeah, I love that. And I think we don't give reoccurring 
donations, either subscription-based donations, memberships, or that second gift enough attention, right? Yeah, it takes yeah. incrementally less energy to educate somebody the second time around because there's already a propensity. Objects in motion tend to stay in motion, right? So <laughs> the, I know, I know for uh, no, the minute I give you twenty-five dollars, I have lot higher inclination to give you another 25 because I don't want to look like a fool the first time, right? <laughs> so there's just this mm -hmm. psychology at work that this forward momentum of getting that second gift yeah. from someone who's already given once and and moving those folks from a one-off gift channel to a multi-gift multi, multi gift or a, a reoccurring gift model, right? So, you know, I, I like to, to, with our clients, we talk about the ACE fundraising strategy. That's A-C-E, stands for Acquire, Convert, Expand. Ooh, I love uh, it. So you acquire the consent to text them. Uh -huh. You connect or convert them into a conversation. So it could just be very conversational. It could be, you know, um, you know, Chris, Kristen, plug your ears here, but it could be powered by AI. But <laughs> move into human no, I'm some open. Point. I'm open yeah. to using it for good. Yes, <laughs> of right. course. Yeah, I got to redeem that silly yeah. technology yeah. for sure. Okay, so we acquire, we connect or convert, and then we move to expansion. And that's where the it just comes down to dropping that voicemail, saying thank you, having gratitude. Sending a highlight reel of the event in, in a medium that you know they're going to watch it, right? I can post it on Facebook, of course, and I should. I can email it, of course, and I should. But if I also send it by a text message, I guarantee more people are going to see it. It's not going to go to promotions. It's not going to be filtered out by the algorithm. And they're contacts that I own. So why can't I talk to them, Yeah. right? So, um, so yeah, I don't, uh, yeah, this is, I could preach it. This is a sermon on this thing, <laughs> Well, what's sure. fascinating is I'm thinking about barriers, right? The, the idea that, um, you know, the barrier to the second gift is usually us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cause we don't ask. And, and the barrier to communicating with donors is I've got these 12 other things to do. So I don't. So I'm thinking of all yep. the real imagined or not barriers that get put up. And I'm thinking about some of the simplicity in this being removing some of those barriers. I'm also thinking about when I'm hearing about what you're saying, there's a less formal structure to some of these comms mm, yeah. by design that I'm curious for you all on your end in terms of um, sort of impact you see about heightened language or not heightened language or things feeling like, um, you know, I, I just was thinking of you, you know, those sort of yeah. feel that that feeling of spontaneity and that feeling of casualness yeah. and we're in relationship and how that impacts return and response. Yeah. Yeah, it absolutely does. For sure. Yeah. I'm thinking of you as a great example. Right. Hey, Sam, just thinking about you. How's how are you and John doing or, you know, or what's uh, what's going on with the new house build and, you know, Miami, you know, so it's like it's just like, how do I create personal outreach at scale. Um, and look, every message is sent from a human to a human, but I'm not, you know, not going to you know, say and pretend like we're not using massive databases between the two of us to <laughs> right, organize right, it's like, you know, right. data. So if you have a spreadsheet out there with this data in it, why not bring it in, you know, and uh, craft the message with five or six custom fields and make the message a lot more personal um, and make sure the system can handle when it comes across a record that isn't complete. Right. So, so I think it's really using smart tools in a smart way to make, because either you work hard or your tools work hard, right? <laughs> so like, yeah. I'd rather my tools do the hard work. Um, and when it comes to the work that we do in marketing and communications, there's guesswork and then there's hard work and then there's framework. And so we're suggesting that we have a proven framework for communications. 
you can go guess and try to figure it out on your own. And, you know, certainly people do that. Uh, you can go, we work really, really hard and get, you know, 30, 40% conversions on emails to 50% conversions on emails. Or you can follow a simple framework for communicating people over mobile. And like, we're in the business to do that. And, uh, you know, we're more than happy to, to because again, we're human-centered and results-oriented and relationship-driven. So book, you know, one of our people and get on the phone and just take 10 minutes and talk to your example and let us help you get that campaign crafted. Because we're invested to make sure that you get the return from the tool. And we want to just understand where you're getting hung up on. Well, we're going to take a little break to hear from one of our sponsors. But when we come back, James, I want to ask more about the specifics of the tool and understand how nonprofits can sort of utilize it, costs associated, helping to understand like how it is a adaptable and implementable tool. So we'll be right back. Loving the fundraising elevator, but wondering how you can talk to Sam and Kristen? Well, now's your chance to do it. Book one-on-one consulting time with Swain Strategies experts, Sam, Kristen, and Mary, and get all your event questions answered. Our team has you covered on strategic planning, fundraising strategy, storytelling, data tools, and registration support. Get the tools and the help you need to make the most impact at your fundraising event. Book at elevatenonprofit.com. The link is also in our show notes. Events have a unique power to create an immersive experience for your donors and your mission. That's why we created the Elevate Conference, to teach you the tools for planning a successful fundraising event. Join us for Elevate 2024 on February 1st and 2nd. This hybrid fundraising conference will be hosted at Avenue in Portland, Oregon, and broadcast online for a virtual audience. You'll get practical tools, demos, and templates you can implement right now. Join us. The Elevate Conference is a production of ElevateNonprofit.com and is presented by Swaim Strategies and the AV Department. To find out more and register, visit ElevateNonprofit.com today. Well, welcome back to the Fundraising Elevator. We're here talking to James with RallyCore about this sort of idea of using new tools, new systems in communication to be able to directly meet donors on their mobile devices with text messaging, with voicemail. I want to ask for the application directly to the nonprofit. Can you talk to us about, you know, we work with some organizations that maybe have a small donor base, and then we work with some organizations that have enormous donor bases. So what are the cost implications of the tool and how does that change based on the volume of communications they're sending through the tool? Yeah, that's a great, great point. So uh, any channel uh, that's effective is going to have a cost basis to it. So for example, on Facebook, there's, you've got to pay Facebook to run the network that they built, right? Love them or hate them. It's just the way it is. Like they own the network, they can charge what they want. So it's their audience, their people, you pay to play. Right. And that's going to be very frustrating for us that are like, man, I spent all that money building up my Facebook fan base and I can't even get back in front of them without, you know, boosting a post or something. Right. Um, So carriers are no different. AT&T, Verizon, they know how effective text messaging is. And there's, you know, regulatory concerns as well. We can talk about at some point, but there's just a cost structure there. So there is a, there is what we call in the business credits. Now, what Rally has done in our case is we've just bundled those credits into some packages to make them affordable, and we even bonus credits. So like to us, we don't ever want the cost to be inhibitive of the strategy. Like 
for for me to get you to engage with a thousand people doesn't cost us much as far as our time and energy. And I know once you're talking with a thousand people, you're like, wow, this is actually pretty amazing. So awesome. um, I distill it down to price per contact. So about five cents per donor engagement, Okay, uh, which is the, the most effective channel out there. Because I'm on Google and these ads that I was running previously, it was five, six, eight bucks. Sometimes as high as $15 on paid ad and paid ad acquisition through these other channels. So the fact that I can move somebody and have a two-way conversation over text messaging for five cents is, is pretty incredible. Yeah, that is incredible. Um, so there's a, there's about a, like mailing, direct mailing. Yeah. I mean, everyone, yeah. it's the end of the year. Everyone's Do you doing... know what the price of a stamp is right now? <laughs> right? It yeah, just keeps exactly. going up, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's so, incredible. Yeah. So I, so I price things, uh, there's a platform fee plus credits, but we're, we're happy to work. You know, we do a, a, a week free. And if they mention this podcast, I can have a month free. Like we don't care. So we just want, we want to get them in and show them the power of SMS. Cause look, um, if it's not going to work for you for whatever reason, I'd rather we just part as friends and I learn and you <laughs> learn than, than us try to make a buck, right? That's yeah. not, we're not, we're not in the business to do that. Now our company rally core is in a unique position because we're not backed by venture capital, we're a tightly owned um, company. We, don't, we haven't raised a bunch of money. So we're not, we don't have a board that we have to answer to other than the advisory board of professionals we put together to make sure that we're delivering on our promise. So we're not, we're not in a situation where I have to show crazy growth numbers, frankly. Um, we we live and breathe based on bootstrapped, doing a good job, having customers renew. And we have customers that have been with us since the beginning that just keep renewing. And and I call them sometimes, are you sure? Like you really get value here. Uh, so um so our job with mobile is to make it approachable for nonprofits and to help them understand that when it comes to cost, the, the most expensive thing is inaction. Uh, mm, that's that's the yeah. most costly thing is just yeah. not calling those thousand uh, donors from two years ago. So if we could activate like 10% of that list and get 100 of them to take action, what would that ROI look like? And we have different spreadsheets and things we can help nonprofits kind of compare that return against maybe doing email on the same list. But I'm a huge fan of running it in parallel with your other initiatives. Run email, run a text message. Let's see what happens. Well, it's uh, interesting because I'm I'm the donor who gets a lot of political text messages. I yeah. clearly gave to something at one point that tapped me into the circuit that now I get a lot of political text messages. Yeah. Oh my heaven forbid. I they all start with um a long story narrative and they never are anything that I feel compelled to respond to. So yeah. how do you make it make the tool of text messaging something that's more personable, that actually gets people to engage and connect. You say people-centered. What does that mean? Is it shorter language choices? Is it templates that you have? How do we like actually mobilize people with it? Yeah, so it's definitely shorter Okay. Uh, to the point. So shorter messages, uh, leveraging video, potentially GIFs and, and those kinds of okay. multimedia. Um, and it's leveraging your brand, the story you've already built and told in other channels, right? So it's not like creating a whole new who are you, right? So um, uh, making sure that if you're directing people to your website, that it's a branded link and it's branded, the phone, the caller ID shows up with who you are, just simple things that we can do from a technical standpoint. Um, Sam, I don't know if you've gotten a phone call at some point and it said spam likely or yeah, spam mm -hmm, risk. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's because I didn't bother to register the phone number. And yeah. so many texting tools out there don't bother to go through the process of verification and registration. It takes It's expensive and it takes time. Companies like Rally will eat that cost on, on up front because we believe in the long-term benefits of you having that because we know you're going to get a lot greater response uh, response rates. But it's measuring uh, unsubscribes. It's measuring click, uh, click link conversions, mm -hmm. how many people are actually clicking the link. 
is measuring how many people actually sign up or make that donation. It's measuring how many people show up at the beach for the cleanup day, right? Amazing. Uh, and it's just looking at the effectiveness of that channel and then learning. It, can we change the message and maybe say something different next time? Pull from a different template. So you're saying that I receive a text through RallyCore for the Children's Hospital. It's going to say the Children's Hospital. It's not going to say RallyCore yeah. or Spam Likely or <laughs> Spam yeah. Or unknown caller. Uh-huh. Unknown caller. That's yeah. amazing. Or Bill's tow truck because that's who had the phone number last month. I don't know if you've seen that. That's embarrassing, but that happens. <laughs> well, let's talk a little bit about conversion. Well, yeah. I'm interested in, to this idea of my mission as a donor, I have a personal mission and organizations have a mission. Mm-hmm. Um, and ideally, the conversation is how we figure out how to align those two and discover perhaps they are the same. Um Mission is passion-driven for me. Yeah. Um, and stories I don't necessarily think of as sort of the left brain. They're sort of more of that right brain sort of thing. And we're talking about a, a technological tool, right, being right. the interface yeah. for this exactly. relationship. Um, I'm sort of just building a hornet's nest here to set in the table in front of us. But how how do we keep the person-centered Piece and how do we take me who let I'll just be the devil's advocate. Let's say I'm highly suspicious <laughs> of of sort of technology in that way, and perhaps a bit of a luddite. I'm a total luddite. Mm-hmm. So that that rotary phone behind you, for those uh-huh. of us listening, not watching on YouTube, there is a red rotary phone on the table behind James. It um, works too. It's fun. That's amazing. <laughs> that's my jam. Um, yeah. So sending me a text and using that for engagement. It's not that it can't happen, but for that sort of midstream, we're also talking, there's generational pieces here too, sure, right? Sure. And so all that, but that aside, sort of what what does that sort of conversion of suspicion look like for organizations and how are they able to lean into that space and sort of um, bridge that gap? Yeah, I, I, that's a, I, that's you, you hit the nail on the head when it comes to the generational aspects, right? Because yeah. at one point that rotary phone behind me was technology, right? <laughs> I mean, my could probably go ask my grandma, "Hey, do you remember when you got your first rotary phone, and what was that like?" And yeah. you know, she, I, in fact, I know she was paying a telephone company for thirty years, ten dollars a month for her phone on her wall. I'm like, <laughs> grandma, way too much for the device. Like, we could have. <laughs> Why did you do that? But whatever. Um, so I think really that's where I love working with strategists, like like you know Swain Strategies. Frankly, is that you guys have the strategy and the vision and the idea to kind of guide the process, particularly around like an event, right? Yep. So you're putting all this work and this time and this money in this event. How do we improve the chances that people are actually going to be aware of it and see it? Uh, now you know on my other shoulder, I don't know if you can see it, but I've got these. I got a bunch of pagers. Oh my uh, god! Also amazing. These things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I love these things. You so have a whole antique a pager, collection going. I know. I, I love these things. Thank thank God for eBay. Okay. So I I used to carry one of these when I, I was a paramedic and many many years ago. Um, but I had one of these assigned to me that would keep me tethered to my you know within my my district or my region if something went down. So um, but the burden was on me to go find a phone to call <laughs> right. the person back. Right. right? Uh, now, later, I got one of these alphanumeric pagers where they could actually say something. Oh, and that was kind of cool because now I can actually read the message and determine if I should call in an hour or like in the next five minutes, right? right? So they kind of gave me some context, not just a beep beep and a phone number. So it's really about shifting the burden from the individual getting the message. Do we make them hunt down a payphone 
Remember those <laughs> right. things? Yeah, Superman right. changes them. Uh-huh. So uh, hunt down a payphone and wait for Superman to come out of it before I can go in and make the phone call. So the burden's on the donor to take the action or to try to make the most out of a monogram you know, just a monochrome, you know, one sentence text message, or can I share a video and create more meaning and context mm-hmm. and brand and awareness and meet them where they are. Right. So, yeah, you know, if, if I felt like calling donors on a rotary phone, but get them to respond, we'd be building that because we're about the problem, not the solution. Right. I could care less about text messaging per se. I'm only interested in text messaging because it is the most effective me- medium. Once you have consent, to reach back out and touch somebody, but that the end up and it makes sure the burden's not on them to act. Like, why not just send them a mobile friendly page uh, that's pre filled with their information where they just have to hit a button, right? Why not right. do that? So, if we could remove every barrier, starting with the inattention <laughs> mm-hmm. to keep their attention and the simple actions, then yeah, if, if um, one of your subscribers don't want the text message, just make it easy for them to unsubscribe. Because uh, quite frankly, they can reply with an emoji of a, of, of a thumb down uh-huh. and the system will take them off the list. So like, why not make it really easy for them to opt in and opt out? And those that want to opt in, you need fewer people given the open rates and the conversion rates across True. the different channels. You'll need fewer text um, enabled phone numbers than than emails and and for the for, you know, for the same or better results for sure. So what's the sweet spot for uh, like a length of text message? Yeah, uh, that's an eight. I, man, I, if I could know that answer. <laughs> the million See? dollar question. I know. Okay. <laughs> now I know question. where my work can start. I could go start. buy more pages on eBay. That <laughs> right. would be. Yeah. Right. You know what? So it's something that we do track. Yep. Uh, we anonymize the data and you don't have to participate, but organizations that do participate in anonymized studies can can receive the, the, the we call it the mobile effectiveness score. And so we're running mobile effectiveness studies against the organizations. Our goal as a company is to move 20 million people a month to take action. We're Mm -hmm. on our way to do that. We're not not there now. But that's our objective is to move 20 million people a month to donate, volunteer, click a form, and fill out the form. So what we find is a sweet spot somewhere between 300 and 500 characters. Okay. uh, Leveraging emojis. uh, Salutation, like introduction, like, hi, uh, Sam. Leveraging emojis. And then if you want conversational text messages, ending with a question. Yep. Um, and then if you really want conversational text messages, auto sending the next message if they don't respond after three days or two days or something. So creating more of an automation than just a one and done campaign, um, all of which takes some thought and some strategy. But that would come down to what type of organization are we talking about and why are you messaging them? Yeah. So I'm like just trying to think of sort of what that lift looks like for folks who are regularly sort of putting messages out or, yeah. or organizing those. When you're talking about video, are we talking about a certain length approximation? Like, is it, you know, yeah. me filming myself saying, yeah, hey, like a selfie like, video, a, you know, a very yeah. quick, or is it, are we talking about 90 seconds? Like what is, what, it, what sort of length are we talking about? Yeah, great. So a lot of times it's, um, I, I'm a big fan personally. And what I see a lot that works and resonates really well is just quick iPhone self-recorded selfie videos, you know, you yeah. or the director or somebody that you're serving. Um, so at a gala, if you can step aside with somebody that's being impacted by your cause, if you've, if you've got those folks there and record a quick little testimonial, share that something that you would already share on the big screen or an email, just 
slice it down to a minute or two. It can be really any length. People have a short attention span as yeah. we've established already. Yeah. So yeah. the shorter, the better. Yeah. Get get to the point or people will bounce. Um, but frankly, if you're tracking like how long people are watching that video, then you can kind of play around with that. Um, I, I, I saw one of my favorite use cases of the ringless voicemail. And we have examples up on our blog. Uh, would be the Special Olympics. You know, they'll have one of their Olympians record a message about their polar plunge. Mm -hmm. And so Amazing. the voicemail is not me asking for money. It's one of the Olympians that benefit from the program telling you about the polar plunge and how much it means to them. And it's a precious, I saved that message. I, it was really amazing to hear it. And I love it. I don't have many voicemails saved on my phone, but that was one of them. So <laughs> uh, that, and that made an impact, right? And then following up with a text message where there's a link to click to respond to that voicemail. So it's really it's kind of that one to make it easy, make it personal, draw them in, have the strategist help you do that. Sam, that's where you come in. Well, <laughs> what you're talking about sounds so like personal and intimate and connected, yeah. which I think so often we talk about technology tools. We're talking about like, like you said, the hammer. We're talking about the big, you know, so, sort of solutions that you sort of spray and hope people pay attention <laughs> yeah. to. And this yeah. sounds so much more curated and connected. And I think that that can be really powerful. You know, the neuroscience of the video question is actually interesting yeah. because with video, we can do so much just storytelling, the ability to like have music, to have it edited, to have clips, to have it really kind of tell a big picture in a very right. small yeah. clip. But the thing that I think is really interesting is if you look at all the social media platforms, the two that are just like fire right now are the fact that Instagram Reels and TikTok allow you to do that like selfie direct camera yep. looking at the person. Yeah. And so you create actually, I think, a more emotional connection versus just like spouting information out there instead yeah. of an advertisement. So the idea of like pulling a client like the polar plunge, you know, client aside and having them do a direct to camera thank you and talk about how awesome it was to get their support of the polar plunge. I think yeah. it would have that same like psychological impact that, you know, people spend hours sitting and scrolling TikTok because yeah. of that like one-on-one -on -one emotional connection. Well, and yeah. that's that's too why we, you know, kept touting sort of the intimacy of virtual events which felt like very yeah. weird mouth full of words to put together. But it was literally because we were close to a screen, watching a screen, having people look and talk to us through that screen directly yeah. and say, hey, you, I see you. You know, that it's that same sort of psychology in action that if you can get past whatever the initial, why are these people texting me or what is that thing? And I guess I'll say yes. You know, once we're there that I can see how that can feel very curated and very yeah. close and you can watch what I open or respond to or don't. And then yeah. put me on another list of like, this is the stuff that works for her and not. And so then you're feeding me the things that I want to respond to. I get to vote, which is, I think right. sometimes people think, you're texting people. They don't get a choice. They don't get to vote. But actually, I do. And I think that's a that's yeah. an interesting point to sort of highlight for folks when they're thinking yeah. about it. I yeah, and opt in. Yeah, people yeah. people do opt in, and they and they, and, and our one of our pre built forms. There's literally check boxes. I like email, voice, you know, for calls, text message. So it's, it's an option. It's not a, it's not one size fits all. Some yeah. people like it. Some people don't. Yep. So totally. like, but, but don't make a decision for them. Let them decide. Yep. So I want to talk real quick about that because you said consent. 
that people yep. consent to being communicated yep. to. How yep. do you get that consent? I'm at an event with a thousand people cleaning the beach. How do I get them to consent to communications via text message? Great. So yeah, excellent. So at our event, they showed up with a, a waiver, they scanned a QR code to check in, right? And they had to complete the quick waiver. Part of that included their contact information and a quick opt-in checkbox if they wanted information or not. Now, we incentivize that to say, hey, we're going to deliver parking instructions or a, a map to the venue or things uh, to your mobile. We had a playlist. We're going to deliver your Spotify playlist Amazing. to your phone. Where do you want your playlist? Where do you want your map? You want it on your phone. So why not, right? So um, it's delivering in a channel where people already need that information in their hand to be effective at that event. So why not just send it to their phone and let them know that's what you're going to do with that information. Now, uh, be careful not to switch that say, okay, now that you've given us permission to text you information about the event, I'm going to start, you know, sending you the joke of the day, right? Let's not right. do that. That's, <laughs> right. that's a bait and switch. That's not a good, that is, none of us would like that. So right. think about it. Like, what right. would you want? If I attend an event and I got the parking instructions, getting a gratitude message from you the next day is pretty cool. And then if I am allowed to reply with thumbs up or thumbs down to continue our conversation, then let me vote. And if most people say thumbs down, then maybe next time around we get on the phone with the strategist and think about how we get more thumbs up. Yeah. So let people vote for how they want to communicate and then build that intimate list. And I cannot overstate how simple it is. It sounds complicated, but it's really not. 100 people through text messaging is way more valuable from the data that I see than 1,000 people with email. You'll get significantly mm -hmm. higher conversion rates. So we're not talking big lists here. Now, to be clear, we have clients that load 100,000, 200,000, a million people and send them a message this afternoon. They, I, I'm just amazed at how much money they raise. They raise a lot of money. So uh, clearly, they have brand recognition. They have a communication. Yeah. They know what they're doing. That's why they have a million people in their database in the first place. So I'm not saying you can't do that, and we certainly support that. Just talking for the little guys like me that just want to start small and expand. Uh, and I'm looking for simple ways to get people to give us consent, either through a QR code, short code, or filling out a form. I love it. I mean, people drop their information for free stuff All everywhere. Like, no matter where you go, people right. will do crazy stuff for free. You know, so I just yeah. mean all that to say that I think for some people, there's this whole space negative they, connotation yeah or yeah. just yeah. that idea yeah. that i think i, I, I like that idea of continuing to put the donor in the driver's seat yeah i do too and and if you don't ask them you're not giving them the opportunity to be yeah and that seems like in a the shame, conversation right? yeah because what if what if what if they do want to hear from you yeah it's funny my you know uh my my wife tracy uh completely different i'll sign up at kohl's or you know whatever like the sporting shop to get the discount like mm -hmm. i don't mind here's my information you can get it anyway right uh she's very nope that's my number she doesn't want it but then along came Chevron's 10 cents off of the gas pump <laughs> right? and the current state of gas. And guess yeah. who was the first one to give up her cell phone yep. to take 10? So it just depends on the offer. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And, you know, and I'm like, hey, you know, you can block people and opt out and, you know, change your phone number. Like we're, we, these devices give us so much control. So, um, yeah, anyway. It's yeah. funny. You, there's differences. you yeah. mentioned that, like, don't start sending your donors the joke of the day. That's how I feel about um, some of the food delivery apps, and I won't name which ones, but <laughs> I've had the request of, do you want to get updates about your order? I'm like, yes, because I'm on an event site, and I want to know when my food arrives at the 100%. beginning of the hotel, at the front door, so I can go grab it. 
and then I'm getting now like daily and like yeah. promotions and yeah. spam. And so yeah. I appreciate that ability for the donor to be in the driver's seat, but also to be thoughtful about the communication you're sending so mm-hmm. that yeah. the donor is getting something that's valuable to them, yeah. not something that's mm-hmm. like, you know, joke of the day. It's yeah. true. Well, yeah. when we come back, I want to dive a little bit deeper into how you've seen this deployed, where you've seen some best practices. Um, but we're going to take one more break and we'll be right back. Great. Great. Thank you. The Fundraising Elevator is recorded at the AV Department in Portland, Oregon. For years, they've been our trusted partner, delivering exceptional audiovisual production and videography for nonprofits. In 2020, they transformed into a dynamic live streaming studio, producing more than 900 virtual and hybrid events. Now, we embark on an exciting journey together to bring you this podcast. Seeking the best in live events, video production, and live streaming? We proudly recommend our friends at the AV department. Link in the episode description. The Fundraising Elevator is recorded at the AV department in Portland, Oregon. For years, they've been our trusted partner, delivering exceptional audiovisual production and videography for nonprofits. In 2020, they transformed into a dynamic live streaming studio, producing more than 900 virtual and hybrid events. Now, we embark on an exciting journey together to bring you this podcast. Seeking the best in live events, video production, and live streaming? We proudly recommend our friends at the AV department. Link in the episode description. Excellent. Well, welcome back to the Fundraising Elevator. James, I wanted to find out as a donor to an organization, Mm -hmm. which I know that you sort of moved into doing this work because of your involvement with so many organizations. What does it look like when you say this is a perfect experience of communication with you as a donor? What, What is that sort of ideal scenario for you? So as the donor, um, you know, I I would hope that you, that the organization has started with the end in mind. Like, what do they want me to do? Nothing's worse than getting communication where it's just not clear. Right. Mm. So uh, just a quick pass of like, what is the, 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 the end goal? Um, And then second, of course, I would follow on as who am I? Right. So if I have donated a thousand dollars or, or more, let's just $500, so whatever that number is, and you're asking me for $25, that's, that's a shame, right? Because I'm, I'm likely potentially willing to do more. Or if you're, um, so donor identification, personalization, segmentation, and then um, what is, what is the intention, right? So a lot of times our communication is just too, too shotgun approach, Mm. like spray and pray. Yeah. <laughs> and if we can really, really narrow that down of like, who is this and what do we want and how do we best get it? Right. Um, and that doesn't, there's a, you know, there's a couple of dots to connect on that. That's not as hard as it sounds. It's, it's, it's a relatively quick process when you just think about, Hey, there's only four types of messages. There's transactional, your food's on the way, right? Uh-huh. There's informational, um, there's informational, uh, the, the, the gala is at three o'clock tomorrow. Don't forget, look forward to seeing you. Right. Uh-huh. Uh, there is solicitation. Give us your money. Right. And then there is um, conversational. Uh, hey, Sam, what did you think of our event last night? Question mark. Right. You're baiting. A, you're baiting a conversation. So if you think about the four different modes of conversation when it comes to text messaging, then it's just really who is James and what do you want out of him? 
And I would say that, whether that's a text message or you or a phone as a, call as, or... a, as a, you know, a development person ding, ding, ding. talking yeah. to your, like it's the same. Yeah. So I think, you 100%. know, you're going to get hung up on the technology or the texting or what's the platform piece, sure. but really these are the things that should be governing our engagement with donors. Anyway. Under, and I, yeah, I love that you said that because people think a text message is a bolt on. No, it's an efficient channel to do what you're already doing. Yeah. Please, before you send an email, make a phone call, take out a billboard driving down the highway. Quick exercise. Who's our audience? What do they want? How do we move them to action? Yep. And then, you know, do that in the most effective channel for that individual. Maybe it is a, a billboard. Uh, driving down the highway. <laughs> if you have a billboard driving down the highway, don't please don't put a QR code on there. That's not safe. Right. Yes. But have a memorable phrase that maybe is a short code, a short phone number. Yeah. Like text this to that uh, to learn more. Yeah. It's highly effective. Yeah. So whenever we have folks come on the podcast, we ask them to come into the fundraising elevator with us. And we first go up to the penthouse, which is where the party is. And because I we're we're event-based strategists, we like to ask people what a great party or event was that they've been to and what made it great? It doesn't have to be a fundraising event, but like what, what was a great gathering and what did that feel like and look like for you? Yeah, I love it. So, and it was a fundraising event. I felt from the moment I stepped in the door, they weren't after my money. They saw me as a Mm. person. I cared about me as an individual and what excited me. And the fact that, you know, I was there for the drinks and the dance floor, right? That's my wife and I were there for that. And that's, we were there of course to do good. But we had invited a table full of friends and we were just there to have a good time, to have a party, right? So um, I don't want to feel like I'm a walking wallet. Mm -hmm. I have a head, I think. I have a heart, I feel, and I have hands, I do. At times, I will think, feel, and do different things. So connect me as a person and then draw me into the story and allow me to be part of that. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I love live music and dancing and and, and party with the rest of them. Um, and, you know, the the more uh, liquored up we are and the more fun we're having, the higher those paddles go, right? <laughs> yeah, yep. that, is, uh, and, that is the you know, psychology. <laughs> that is it. So um, we're there to to believe in the mission, to be part of the story and to do good. And we want to f- be rewarded uh, in the experience and we want to feel alive. Yeah. And be part of the, the heart of that story. Yeah. That is, those are the primary motivators to, to give. And we're going to segment you into that list. So the next time we have a good dance party, we're going to let you know uh-huh. about it. So Please, I even come to virtual dance parties. Oh, I love it. Ooh, let's do it. Yeah, I uh, change the light out. But yeah. Okay. All right. I'm going to see that. Uh, let's jump in and go to the, under the boiler room, which is where all the tools are. What do you think are some of the critical tools that our fundraising development friends should definitely have in their toolbox? Yeah. So, you know, obviously a CRM or a spreadsheet or something, you got to know who these people are, some way to capture data, right? Yep. Um, A a website or something that's mobile friendly. You talked about TikTok and video and it's, it's funny, you know, video is an amazing uh, medium or or, uh, a way to tell story. Um, but don't run a highly published, you know, video on TikTok. People, that's not what they're there to right. see. They're yeah. there to you know, consume this content in a very, very uh, simple format. Um, but they're doing it on their phone. So I would, I would say that all of these tools, email, forms, websites, video, should be consumed on mobile, whether you're texting or not. Just make sure you're you're thinking about how people are consuming these data on their hand handle devices. Great. And then a good coffee machine. Everybody needs a good coffee machine. <laughs> yes. Everyone does need a good coffee I love machine. It. Well, before yeah, an espresso or something. Yeah. Before we wrap up, I wanted to ask you real quick about the book on your shelf that we were yeah. uh talking about during the break because I think that it taps into some of our conversation today. Can you share with folks uh any good reads you recommend? 
Yeah, so I love uh, human-centered um, um, donors. The donor, actually, let me just get the titles. For <laughs> show it off. Tell um, us about it. I'm going to show it off. So donor-centered fundraising is an older older book from yes. Penelope. Yeah. Classic. Penelope uh, it's classic. hard to find. Yes. But you can you can still get it um, if you know where to look. Um, and then the smart nonprofit is one I just got, Staying Human-Centered in Automated World. That's from Beth and Allison. A fantastic book um, awesome. because I'm a tools guy. I yeah. love automation, but I don't want to lose the people in the center. I, I'm yeah. automating to move people to take action. And I should I should not forget that they are people that I'm automating. I yeah. love it. Well, That's I've written true. those down so we can link them in the yep. bio so that folks yeah. can find resources. But if folks want to find you, how do they get a hold of you? Yeah, so I'm James at rallycorp.com. Uh, your U.S.-based listeners can use our U.S. short code, which is 24365. They could text James to 24365. They're going to get my cell phone, uh, a link to my contact card, which includes my personal phone. So if, if I have their number, I want them to have mine. Amazing. So, uh, so James at rallycorp.com would probably be the most um, uh, effective channel for communications. And then I'll, I'm going to certainly move you to, to text messaging at some point with your consent to subscribe you to one of our maybe weekly um, uh, weekly coaching uh, calls that we do with our customers just to keep, keep the, the conversation moving with what challenges they're dealing with when it comes to acquiring, converting, and engaging their, their, their donors. Awesome. Well, I love the fact that you give people the opportunity to demo the product. I think that that's powerful when folks are yep. trying to get their board to consent or to get buy-in from leadership. So thank you for offering that. And thank you for sharing some new technologies yeah. with us. I think that um, we're always looking for how to combat the donor drop-off. And I think that this idea of meeting people where they're really at is so important. And also to work smarter, not harder yes. for our folks yes, who are please. overworked. Please. Yes, overworked. well, and it is time for us to take our winter break when we talk about folks overworked. Yep. We believe strongly in rest as a part of our work. Yeah. And so we are going to wish everyone well as we take a couple of weeks off for our winter break. Hopefully you have a good year in fundraising. And when you come back, hopefully you call and check in with Rally Court and give it a try when you think about how to engage your donors next year. James, thank you for being here to share all of your information with us. We're so glad to have you. And we'll be sure to put links in the show notes for folks to be able to find the product, test it out, learn a little bit more and get a hold of you. Yeah, thank you so much. It was a pleasure being here. Thanks for the opportunity. You bet. Thanks, James. Uh, bye-bye. The Fundraising Elevator is produced in partnership with Swaim Strategies at the studios of the AV department. The program is produced by April Clark and directed by Steve Osborne, with audio engineering and original music by Dwayne Anderson and Heidi Christensen. Video production by Chris Peterson, Whitney Gomes, and Nathan Bouquet. Video editing by Steve Osborne. Graphic design by Pendulum Creative Group and support from Sophia Keller, John Lyles, and Andy Dowsett.